Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You got it. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! The Rose in. To win it! Go! The The Rose in delivers! Anderson. Hits it in the end right. Back at the wall. The White Sox win it! What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic Podcast at 1252 Sports Entertainment. It is lovely to be sitting here with my good friend. Known him for over a year now. Uh, you might have heard of him. You might not have. But his name is definitely rising very quickly. My good friend, Brennan Davis. Brennan of the Chicago Cubs. How are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you in a few months. How's everything been going? Everything's been good, man. How are you? Man, you know, it's our first time doing this at 1252. Um, it, it's an honor. The first guest I've ever had on here, you know, we finally got onto a platform that I'm proud to be a part of. Um, you being my very first person I've inter interviewed probably, I would say, about a year ago, a, a little over a year ago now. Um, and, and, and it wouldn't be anybody better than to be interviewing you right now. Um, and yeah. to kick it off, you know, I think you know, it, it's something we've talked about a lot and it's something I didn't think we'd be talking about at this very point right now. And I kind of want to ask you straight up, uh, you know, what's going on right now and what what's going through the thought process of, you know, potentially, you know, spring training not being a thing, maybe the season starting late. What's going on with everything in your mind and with your camp on, you know, the potential of the lockout expanding? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a tricky situation because the players and the, the owners are really in a, in a standstill kind of kind of thing, but I mean, I don't think it affects me very much. The minor league camp will continue regardless. So regardless, I'm going to get my reps. I'm going to get my work in. I'm going to continue to build up for the season. And if they if they do have big league camp and stuff like that, I'll I'll, I'll be a part of it and I'll get to go over there and, and show them what I've been working on this whole off season. And I think that'll be huge. But I just want I just want the the player the players union to to keep fighting for for us and everybody coming up and everybody that's already in the league. I think what they're doing right. is awesome and they have all our support. 
Right. And, and, you know, I'm fully on board with you guys as well. And, you know, a lot of people right now are saying, well, these guys get $400 million contracts, $500 million contracts. Why do they deserve more? What more could they want um, for the people that don't understand? And, and it's a big part of it. You know, we look at hockey, you know, you become a free agent after two years, you know, whether or not you were drafted or whether or not you've been in the system or not. The second you get drafted, your two year window starts. You look at the NFL, the NBA, it's the same system. It's four years the second you get drafted. With the majors, for the people that you know don't understand that don't follow baseball deep enough, Brennan can sit in the minors for 10 years and it doesn't, it's it's like a shit. It doesn't mean anything until he starts in the majors. And then his seven-year window starts to where, okay, this is how long you're going to be with the team, arbit arbitration and all this other stuff going on. And what they're fighting for right now is a big part of that is one being more fair to the players with contracts and being a rookie. Brennan, for you, and, and this is maybe you don't have a good idea of it. I know it's you know, there's a lot of financial stuff that goes into it, but what is the period that you would like, you know, for being on that rookie type of deal, that arbitration type deal? Is it more four years, more five years? What what What's the end goal for you think, not only yourself, but the, the Players Association? Yeah, man. <laughs> that, it's, it's tough because it's, uh, the owners definitely don't want to lose control of, of their players any anytime sooner than they have to. And with the contract manipulations and all that and everything that goes into it, I think that's another thing that they're fighting for is like owners having less power to be able to manipulate your service time and all that. Right. I think, I don't know, I think a big thing they're fighting for is increased minimum wage in the big leagues, which I think is completely fair because the way that they – bounce guys that are on the first three years of their big league time is is unbelievable they go they go up and down and guys who get their cup of coffee cup of coffee coffee should be compensated rightfully right. and the guys that make those hundreds of millions a thousand percent deserve it but that's like the top five percent of baseball so mm -hmm. There's a lot more people that deserve to be getting paid a little more, and I think I think it's fair for them to ask for a little more there. I think service time manipulation is fair for them to ask that teams like find a way to not do that. And I think that the arbitration thing is going to be a tough one to get them to overturn because that's how they build their their dynasties and how they they've done it for so long. And I don't think the players are going to get everything that they want this year like in this CBA, but right. making making like the precedence of moving forward for the game of baseball, I think is a big deal and, and it'll ultimately lead to a better game of baseball. Right. And, and you know, you, you talk about that a lot and, and I'm not going to name drop certain individuals, um, but there are stories. There are people who we all understand and throughout the minors who are living in their cars, you know, living day to day in hotels and motels just to make it by. Because like you said, not everybody is that first round draft pick. Not everybody is getting compensated the same way um, to you. Do you think and, and this is this is a very broad question. You know, I know it's not as easy as that. Um, but from all the way to single A, double A and triple A, do you think they should all be getting paid the same amount of money? I would say probably not. I think there should be a little staggered tier system. I don't think it should be very much. Like there already is a little tier system, but I mean it's a few hundred bucks extra here and there, so right. it doesn't make that big of a difference. But some of the guys that are in Double A, Triple A have like a lot more to their lives than the guys in Low A. They have families. They have they have kids. They have stuff that they have to provide for. And 
on a minor league salary, you just can't do that unless right. you had some kind of substantial signing bonus. So I feel like those guys that want to hold on to the dream, making to the big leagues and, and making an impact in the big leagues and staying there should be compensated for sitting in AAA for two, three, four years, hoping for an opportunity because they're just wasting their lives else like elsewhere, you know? Right. And, and it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know, I've had uh, Patrick wisdom on this show multiple times, you know, we're talking about the arbitration um, Patrick wisdom being 30 years of age, still a rookie. You know what I mean? So yeah. you yeah. look at it and you understand that Patrick's going to become a free agent, you know, in what Brennan 2027 at the age of 37, that's not that's not the ideal. That's the, you're not going to get that payday that you want, and that has nothing to do with Patrick's talent. That's not saying that Patrick won't be good at the age of 37. It's just that no one's going to give you a 200, 300 million dollar contract at the age of 37. That's 10 plus years long. I think that's where you know not only are you saying you know the minor leagues need a better fair shake, but I think even the players that are up here, you know, we act like they're all making 400 million dollars when that's that's really not the case. You know, a lot of these guys. They get these first contracts and they're up for seven years. But then, you know, a good one to me that, that I was making a conversation about is Addison Russell. Addison Russell is out of the league now. He hasn't been here ever since. And, and he's playing for Mexico. He played for Japan. He's doing a lot of great things. Um, but he never got that payday. And even though he was expected to get that payday, there's a lot of things that happen in life, whether it's on and off the field, whether it's injuries, whether it's so on and so forth. Seven years, a lot can change. So to yeah. me – you know, you look at a two, four year window, I think that's really fair all around. Yeah. And somebody made a good point. They were like, you get paid for the player that you were, not the player that you are. Because you right. see all those contracts with those guys that had six great years. I mean, they're not getting paid well. like substantially in those six years. But then once they get to that free agency, every team wants them. And then everybody wonders why they're not living up to their potential. And it's like, baseball is a, you have a window to be, the best you can be and then you just try to be as consistent as you can moving forward but i think there's just the the owners get players at such a cheap price in their prime and like when they're at their best and then they pay a lot of money for players when they're maybe a little past their prime and right. a little a little more seasoned in that sense right and and that's that risk and reward that we're talking about here is you know, especially in baseball, you'll see it. But we're gonna do a little bit of a comparison, Brennan. I don't. I know you're you're out in Arizona, so you're probably living and living and loving the Phoenix Suns right now. Um, but the L.A. Lakers paying Russell Westbrook forty four million dollars annually to mm -hmm. play horribly. He's not the player he was when he signed that contract. That's just the reality of the situation. Now I could bite my tongue, Brennan, and he can come out in the second half and play amazingly and have another triple double season. And I could be wrong, but I'm just saying right now, he's not living up to that. But that's yeah. where, you know, you, you have to be able to give these guys a fair shake to not only get that first contract, but to get a second one, you know, you're, you're getting that second contract probably at the age of 35. Look at Mike Trout. Now Mike Trout's making good money. Let's say, Let's say it's not a great deal, though. I think a good comparison is Luis Robert on the White Sox. You know, he signs a 10 plus year deal for $50 million. Now, that's before taxes and everything else. You all know what it's like to live in Chicago if you're watching this. Uh, $50 million will, will decrease very quickly with just everything that is to live in Chicago. Uh, Brennan, you're going to love it. Trust me. You're going to love the income tax. You're going to love everything going on. Um, but um, in all seriousness, though, 
a 10-year deal by the time this kid is you know out, out of this deal who knows what he's going to be you know what i mean is he going to get another payday is he going to be able to have those opportunities and i think that's a whole different conversation for a different day um but to kind of carry into our next conversation and transition spring training we kind of we kind of talked a little bit about it um with or without spring training you know i i know we always have these conversations brendan and i know you always give me the most perfect answers but this time it's a little different to where you know there isn't a spring training and it's so crazy because every time i talk to you man it's like there's always a reason why there might not be a spring training last year it was covid <laughs> This year, you know, there was site A, site B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah. all of these things. Now you're saying there might not even be anything. For you, I know your preparation. I know your work ethic. I know how hard you work. But not having spring training at all, not potentially not even being in the facilities, what does that change for your mindset? And, and what does it look like moving forward if there isn't a spring training? How do, how do you prepare for a potential season? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my work in regardless. I think there's enough guys that are at the complex right now. Like I live here, the complex is 10 minutes away from where I live, so I go to the complex every day. There's a ton of guys there that are getting the work in. Minor league guys, any of the 40 men or big league guys can't get in there right now, but we have a lot of talented, talented minor league guys that I'm gonna be able to get my work in and be ready for the season. So I think personally I'll be all right, but some of those 40 man guys or like big league guys, it would probably be a little more challenging because when they do come to an agreement, if it does cut into spring training, they're going to have to ramp up a lot quicker than, than normal. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Now this might be a little personal question because I was going to ask you what you've been doing in your off time, but I was, I was flipping through the gram. I was, you know, just minding my business. I saw you, Ryan Jensen, Cole Franklin, living it up in Hawaii. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what that's like. And, and you know, I understand, you know, your teammates, but it, mm -hmm. it seems a lot more with this group. You, Cole, Ryan, it, it seems like a bond there. And, and what has that been like? What's that experience like, you know, traveling the world with them and, and just having fun while also, you know, getting at it in the facilities, like you said? Yeah, so that was actually in Tulum, Mexico. And Jordan Nawagu was with us as well. But, I mean, to be around that kind of group and, like, to have that kind of bond with your teammates and guys that you're really rooting for outside the baseball field. And like, like just have that genuine connection in this kind of atmosphere, I think is, is it's unique. And I, I really, I really am grateful for the friendships that I've built and I've gotten to be, I'm, I'm roommates with Jensen and Cole and I've been roommates with a ton of my teammates over the years. So I, I really love the way the Cubs draft people. They go people first and, Mm -hmm. guys that guys that you want to you want to have each other's back and you want to you want to see everybody succeed there's not like the selfish like i want to do me and then whatever happens like maybe we can be friends that's that doesn't happen around here it's like we're like a brotherhood and everything that we do together really helps build that bond that we have moving forward and i think i think the group that we got coming up is going to be really special Without a doubt. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other guys, too. I know you guys are close close with uh, Cole Rodeer and so many others. Um, this is a great group of guys. And, and I've just seen you guys grow over the years. And, and it's crazy to me um, to see a, a tight knit group like this. You know, I, even back in the day, you know, with with Riz, Baez, Bryant and all of them, you, you never really saw them communicating with each other until they really got there. You know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. for you guys to already have this bond 
going into it. I think that just makes it so much sweeter, so much better. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation. I know sometimes you like having these conversations, sometimes you don't because, you know, you, you just like to take it day by day. Um, and I'm not going to put you on a pedestal or anything like that. But, you know, we're looking at the acquisitions of the Cubs right now, and they're nowhere clear, nowhere close to being done. You know, we're very excited to see what happens with Carlos Correa and many other individuals that may or may not end up on this team. There's rumors Riz might be coming back on a two-year deal, uh, probably like $20 million annually. But for you, when you see guys like Wade Miley, Clint Frazier, and Marcus Stroman get added to this team when it was completely demolished, you know, not even – six months ago what, what how what, what is that feeling like for you and does that make you excited about this you know you're not entering you know when you presumably do enter the the, the majors that you're not entering a full-blown rebuild that they're getting ready to compete that these guys are ready schwindel riz potentially uh wisdom and many others are going to be here what is that like for you and and does that boost your confidence in knowing that you're going in and ready to compete yeah i mean i i think that's awesome i think I think it's huge for the fan base. They deserve, they deserve a good a good team, and and the Cubs need to do everything in their possibility to put put the best players out there to compete for for a title. And I don't I don't love losing, so <laughs> a full out rebuild would have been tough. So yeah, that 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 is really really heartening to to see that they're going out and getting guys, and hopefully they get. Get all their guys that they're really looking for this this off season, and they. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity at the big league level this year to to test what we have in the minor leagues. So I think I think it's going to be awesome moving forward, and we're going to really see where our organization's at after this year. Without a doubt, and you know we got a lot of guys in the outfield right now, and and that's honestly to me that's always been a good thing. That's 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 to me as an outfielder, as someone who played, I love having that competition. You know, now you're adding Clint Frazier, who you know didn't have the greatest success in New York, but you know a lot of that is for many different reasons, um, and not just his game. So you you add that on top of you know someone we already know who you highly respect in Jason Hayward, uh, Gregory Dykeman. You know you have so many other great guys, Pete Crow Armstrong. You know, for you, you know, how excited are you to just get into work with these guys, be able to have conversations, whether it be in the majors or, you know, in spring training, like we talked about earlier. How excited are you about this new regime outfield that, you know, at the beginning of the season wasn't that deep at all? You know, we had a lot of guys come and go, um, but now it kind of seems like, you know, we have a stacked outfield. So how excited for you to just pick these guys' brains um, and what are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really exciting and the way to have a successful team is to have depth and guys that can come in and fill roles and, and have success. So I think that's huge. And I, I think the competition aspect is awesome and to be around guys that have done it and, and know what it takes to be good and great. is really exciting. I've had a lot of conversations with Pete. I love watching the way he works and the kids, the kids electric out there it's fast mm -hmm. as crap. <laughs> so, I mean, being able to surround yourself with this kind of talent is it's really, it's really good for our organization. And I think, it'll lead to a lot of success moving forward. Right. Now, this is a very touchy subject, depending on who we ask. I've had a couple people tell me, hey, cut it from the video. And I've had other people tell me that they love the guy. You know, we have Nick Madrigal and Nico Horner, both amazing guys. Love them mm -hmm. both. You know, amazing individuals, great defenders. They create it what they do. Um, both 300 plus hitters. You know, they're, they're just doing their thing. Uh, Brennan, 
How do you feel about the potential of having Carlos Correa? And and does that do anything for you? Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to sit here and, um, you know, hate on the guy or praise the guy. But what is your honest take on Carlos Correa, um, you know, potentially getting a deal with the Chicago Cubs? And, and what does that mean for you, having a leader like that? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's a stud. He gets the job done. You've seen it for so many years with Astros. And I think – He's a special talent, and he's gonna get paid as such. So if the Cubs go out and get their get their guy, so he's gonna play. So that leads to the magical Horner thing, and <laughs> right. I think those are two absolute studs as well. But Nico's shown that he can play a lot more positions right. other than just infield. He can move to the outfield if he needs to. He's gonna find a spot. His bat is too good not to keep in the lineup. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. And I think having the depth of the versatility of a Nico and a Madrigal together is, and add Cray in the mix, it's it's going to be special. Well, Brennan, I do want to say thank you for that answer because I've had a couple of them that I, I had to cut and I couldn't do it to them. Um, so that, that just made my job a hell of a lot easier. But we're not going to keep you here too long. I know you're a busy man. I just want to keep it going and, and ask you just a couple more questions. You know, for you, um, I know – you know, your preparation is always the same. I know it's the same mentality and you're always ready to go. But going into the 2022 season is very different, a diff- very different outlook than it was for your 2021 season. Um, so is there any different preparation and what is that going to be looking like for you moving forward? Yeah, um, I would say preparation wise, I, I do the same thing. I, I like I like what I did last year and I think just continue to refine my deficiencies and what I'm not the best at and continue to really, really, really pound what I'm good at and, and make progress that way and really understand my body and make sure I stay healthy for a full season and everything that goes into it. I'm, I'm excited for the season. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome to get all our guys back. We had a lot of, we had a lot of injured guys in the system last year and, being able to get all those guys back, I think we're going to win a lot of, a lot of ball games. Right. And, and that kind of tied into my final question for you. Uh, it just continues to make my job so much easier for me. Um, but, you know, we have injuries like Miguel Amaya and so many others. Um, you know, what does it look like to you, you know, when you finally get that team ready, that team's fully acclimated and fully healthy, you know, getting them going, you know, whether it's with the Tennessee Smokies or wherever, what is the end goal for Brennan Davis at the 2022 season? Is it more than just, you know, getting called up? You know, do you have any thinkings as a team to, okay, we're going to win a championship in the minors this year and it's going to be awesome. Or, or what's the preparation really for you right now with that mentality? Is it just buying your time until you get brought up or are you just living it every single day trying to, trying to win a chip there? Yeah. Wherever I'm playing, that's, that's where I'm trying to win a, win a championship. I'm not, I don't like to, look past where I'm at. I like to play where my feet are and have success at every level. So I'm going to do what I can to make whatever team I'm on at the current moment successful. And if that means bringing in a championship to a minor league team this year, then that's going to be my goal. If if I get the opportunity, it's going to be trying to bring a championship to the Chicago Cubs. So I think that's the mentality that I have, and that's the mentality that I'm going to stick with. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, Brennan, I remember uh, just real quick. I remember remember the day I texted you. Uh, Chicago was excited to have you, man. I remember the rumors were going around, the fake tweets that Brennan Davis had been brought up to Chicago, and I was working every day <laughs> that morning. Remember, I texted you. I said, "Yeah, I do you remember, remember that." 
are you here? I was, everyone was excited. Everyone was pumped up. Um, we love Gregory Dykeman, but it turned out he was the outfielder that was brought up. But Chicago is excited to have you, man. Um, and, and I just can't wait to continue to watch your journey, man. And it's been an honor talking to you today, you know, different than we usually do on Mike on the Mic podcast. We are at 1252 Sports Entertainment. Uh, so, again, if you guys haven't checked out Brennan Davis before, definitely check out his highlights. Definitely follow him on Instagram. Brennan, do you have any final words for anybody? You know, you want to mention something? You want to mention something you're up to, doing anything at all? The floor is yours. No, I appreciate everybody, and I appreciate all the support that Chicago has for us. You guys are the best. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Again, if you guys haven't, check out the Fat Mike Show on Wednesdays. Mike on the Mike podcast will be on on Saturdays at 7 Central. We are cooking a little bit later today. Um, but with that being said, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for another amazing episode. And, Brennan, we will talk soon when you are in the majors or in Tennessee. We'll definitely talk soon, my brother. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes. I know this is very delayed. I know this is something you guys aren't normally used to, and I'm definitely not used to it right now. Um, I'm getting used to it as we speak. It's something to where, you know, I'm looking at it from that perspective. Um, you know, it, it was just a great interview with a great friend of mine, and, and I love Brennan the Dead. So, Brennan, thank you for coming on the show. It is a couple weeks uh, after that interview once was filmed. It is currently Saturday, February 12th. 2022. That's right. We are one day away, less than 24 hours to Super Bowl 56. I'm excited about it. I can't wait for it. We got an amazing show for you guys today. Um, first up, we're gonna we're gonna keep the train rolling. We're gonna keep the train rolling, and we're gonna have a conversation about it. Um, you know, we were just speaking with Brennan, and you know, it's 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 crazy to me. It's crazy to me that I spoke with Brennan about this literally a week and a half ago, and now we're having the conversation about it again. And, you know, before we kick off, I'm going to let you guys know there's a reason I'm wearing this shirt. I don't wear this on the regular, my Rizzo uh, tropical shirt. Uh, we're definitely going to get into that. But right now, um, you know, we're, we're looking at it. The MLPA, MLBPA and the MLB met. Rob Manfred came in. You know, we're, we're supposed to be getting this whole speech from him, this whole spiel about, you know, OK, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a spring training? Is there going to be this? Is there going to be that? All he has to say is the Universal DH is officially going to be coming into the National League, obviously, it's Universal, um, and the American League. No more pitchers batting. No more John Lester bombs. No more Jake Arrieta bombs. No more Mad Bum bombs. It's, it's, it's strictly DHing now, which is whole conversation for a different day if you're a Cubs fan because, you know, we let go of Solaire, we let go of Eloy, we let go of Schwarbs, we let go of all these guys, and the second we do it, they're like, hey, fuck it. You can have a DH now. And now I'm looking at it, and my DH is probably Nick Madrigal. Um, and that's – it's like, dude, like what what the actual fuck? That's 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 what you wanted to tell me? Um, but with that being said, you know, Brent and I also talked about everything else, you know, what they want with the contracts and the, and the fair wages and everything else with the, with the lengths of that and everything. Um, a big problem, though, right now throughout the entire league is – you know, what are we what are we going to do? What are we going to do to continue to get paid? And Rob Manfred went on stage and said, here's what I'll do. I know you want equal pay. I know some of you are living in your cars. I know, you know, you're you're strapped up to a team for seven to eight years, sometimes even longer, depending on when you get brought up. So here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to make a draft lottery. That way there won't be tanking anymore. And then I'm going to make a universal DH, which should have been universal to begin with. 
because that fucking solves everything. Rob Manfred literally went out there. Every single thing everybody wanted, he was like, all, all the important shit, he was like, fuck that. All the little things, we were like, hey, and by the way, you know, if you have time, definitely address this, this, and this. He addressed it, and, and that's fine. But, you know, they haven't come to a conclusion about the main problem. So we are over 70 days, over 70 days, ladies and gentlemen, spring training, pitchers and catchers report Monday. And it, and it seems like they're not. Now, Brennan obviously said, you know, no matter what fucking happens, they are going to be reporting. They are going to be there. Um, and I'm excited about that. I love everything about that. And I'm excited to see, you know, what's going to transpire and how we're going to move forward with this. But it's fucking ridiculous. Now for the DH, I love it. I love every minute of it. And I'm, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, um, that makes me as a Cubs fan want Carlos Correa even more because now we can just do whatever we want to do. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. And, and, and honestly, it, it's, it's great for everybody. It's great for everybody. It's great for the Braves. It's great for the Dodgers. It's great for every single person because like I always say, it's bottom. If you're in the NLCS, bottom of the ninth, two outs, Bases are loaded, and and let's say Kyle Hendricks is up. Are you fucking me? Are you kidding? I love Kyle. Got mad love for Kyle. I'll always have mad love for Kyle. But in a situation like that, that should never be a fucking option. It's not fair to Kyle. It's not fair to the teams, and it's not fair to the fans. Now, fucking Kyle Schwarber comes up to the plate. Let's fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like we can we can rock out with this all day long. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. I'm ready to get going. I'm fucking freaking out. It's gonna be awesome. That's where I'm coming from. So I'm excited to see the DH implemented universal. Um, of course, as a as a Chicago Cubs fan, you know, growing up on the north side, west side, uh, northwest side. Pardon me. Didn't mean to misconstrue that. Um, it, it's something to where. You look at it and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it because watching Harrietta, watching, you know, Johnny Boy and, and everybody else kind of Travis Wood, uh, you know, when they get their bombs in, they get their hits in. It's a great time. I remember Travis Wood, um, you know, hitting that bomb in the playoffs. And, and honestly, Tyler Chatwood, I believe it was 2019. He was raking. He was raking for for what we're normally used to, uh, but at least he was doing something because he definitely wasn't pitching. Um, but it, it comes down to it, though, to where I think it's going to be great for the league. We just need the bullshit to stop. We need these guys to be taken seriously, and we need these conversations to be taken seriously because Rob Manfred literally sat up there and said, hey, here's here's what I'll do for you. I know you don't want, you know care about the universal DH. I know you don't care about the tanking stuff. You more care about getting equal pay. Um, but here's what I'll do. I'll focus on everything that's not the most important thing, and then we'll address it. And, and that to me is to where it's like it's just a slap in the face, and it's just utter disrespect. Um, it, it, it just comes down to it to where it's like, why, why are we doing what we're doing? And, and, and do you even have an idea of why we're doing what we're doing now? Here's my biggest thing that I think you know we're looking at right now. Um, it, it's just, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and what are we going to do to be able to, you know, implement that gap, get that gap going, be able to have a conversation, be able to sit down and really say like, this is what we want. And this is the only way it's going to go about it. And right now I, I just don't, I don't see how either side gets this done. Um, I understand it from the MLBPA's point of view, the players association. Um, but Rob Manfred did the second, the second they say anything, 
He's just like, nope, fuck that. And he gets up and he leaves. Like, that's it makes no sense. He's saying he needs lawyers to make sure these guys aren't screwing him over. And this and this, and of course you need lawyers, but you're gonna publicly say that. Like, dude, you're the one screwing them over. Let that sink in. You know, we're having a real conversation. And you know what? I forgot to pull up this comment. I forgot to pull up this comment during the interview because obviously I didn't want to interrupt it. Um, Troy Palomanu, I love you. I love you. What what's going on, man? I hope you're having an amazing day. So much fun talking to you all the time. Sign Lamelo. I would love that. I love Lonzo. I love Kobe. I love Io. But having Lamelo Ball in a Chicago Bulls uniform would be one of my favorite things ever. Um, but that is not in even the realm of possibilities right now. But something that is in the realm of possibilities right now, something I find very interesting, and, and I didn't get to talk to Brennan about it uh, because it happened, like I said, just a few days ago, and Brennan's interview was about a week and a half ago. Um, Anthony Rizzo's potential return. Right now, we're getting a lot of people having conversations saying that the Cubs are very interested, per the athletic, um, in, in making a return for Anthony Rizzo the second the lockout is over. That's why I got my Anthony Rizzo tropical shirt on. I'm repping it, a Riz for life. Um, and, and here's the craziest part. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a dream, it's a dream scenario. You know, the opening day is April 4th, 2022, 4-4, the return of 44. That, you can't write shit like that. You can't. And, and that's where I, I, I am fully on board with. I am fully on board with Anthony Rizzo returning to the Chicago Cubs organization. I am fully on board with everything going on with that because here's here's what it comes down to to me. We understood off rip. At least I understood. You know, Chris Bryant having Scott Boris as his agent, he's fucking gone. He's fucking gone. No shot. No shot in the world. I love Chris. I love everything about him, but I understand anybody who has an agent named Scott Boris is gone if they are worth that money. And Chris is worth that money. Uh, Javi, it's it's a situation with Javi to where that was just the most money he was going to get offered. You know, he he got the short end of the, of the stick because of, you know, the way he was playing in the last couple of years. Um, and that's nobody's fault but his own, if we're being completely honest. I love Javi. I always have love for Javi. Um, met him a few times. He's a great guy, great individual. And, you know, everything about him is great. But the problem is, is he he's his own worst enemy at times. And that mental struggle um, at the plate is, is something to where, you know, he just couldn't get over it. And, and that's and it killed him. It killed him. It killed his value. It killed everything about it. Um, it was even affecting his defense at some point. So the only person to me, you know, from what we're hearing is a two year deal, probably around 20 million dollars per um, I love that. I think that's a great deal. I think everything about Anthony Rizzo returning to Chicago Cubs right now speaks volumes to who Anthony Rizzo is. Everything he does at Lori's Children's Hospital um, and, and so many other amazing places in Chicago that help benefit kids with cancer, uh, you know, kids, kids in low income situations and just helping the helping the community. He, he's just such a huge part of it. And I feel like he has too many ties here. I mean, hell, go fucking across the street of Wrigley Field. Rizzo's is right across the street. No correlation, um, but they, they are the same. You know what I mean? Like, Rizzo is always going to be the Chicago Cubs. I truly do believe. Here's what I'll say. My complete unbiased take. Harry, I hope you're listening because I'm going to be real. Chris Bryant does not deserve a statue outside of Wrigley Field. Javier Baez does not deserve a statue outside of Wrigley Field. John Lester does not deserve a statue outside of Wrigley Field. Anthony Rizzo is the only person from that 2016 squad that I truly do believe will have a statue outside of Wrigley Field one day. Everything he did for the community, for the people here, and for the city of Chicago the last 10 years, 
has been nothing short of amazing. And and who he is as a man is exactly what this young ball club needs. Guys like Brennan, guys like Cole Rodeer, guys like Ed Howard, guys like Christian Hernandez, you know, the, the Pete Crow Armstrong. These guys are going to come up. And I know you guys are like, who the fuck are you talking about? You're going to know their names. These guys are good. These guys are talented. Braylon Marquez, the list goes on and on. Miguel Amaya, he had Tommy John surgery, but don't be fooled. This kid's coming and this kid's good. Uh, Wilson Contreras should be shaking in his boots right now. I love Wilson, though. I'm just playing. Um, now with the DH, you might not have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, you could have Miguel just be a DH. Um, but it comes down to the situation to where I'm looking at it, and and Riz is a focal point of this team. And, and I truly do believe that Rizzo would make this team a contender. I, I do. Because we're, we're going to break it down, completely being unbiased. You know, I'm going to look at it for what it is, me and you, Sitting down. Harry, I know you're on your couch somewhere right now drinking some wine. We're definitely going to talk about it. You're going to look at the, the Cubs roster. Now, obviously, obviously it's nowhere close to the south side. Not even close. Not even sniffing it. Not even in the same realm of possibilities to being close. But I like David Ross as a manager. I think he's, as of right now, he's a bridge gap guy to me. Um, I'm very curious to see how it continues to move forward, especially with the 2016 guys potentially being gone. I don't know how long his career here is going to be, but I love him for what he is right now. And I, he, he's given me no reason to want to move on from him. Uh, so David Ross as your manager, obviously. Jed Hoyer um, and others are definitely doing their job as well. You look at this roster. Let's talk about the starting rotation, how much that got beefed up. I mean, we're talking about Marcus Stroman, who was an ace on the Mets when Jacob DeGrom went down, Noah Syndergaard went down. He was balling out. You got Kyle Hendricks, who was a former ace, but he's normally like a two or three. Uh, so now that he doesn't have that pressure of having to be that number one, I feel like he can just vibe out, do his thing, keep being that Greg Maddox modern day era that he is. Um, Wade Miley. Now, obviously, it's just one game. Anybody can throw a no hitter, but he had a great season with the Cincinnati Reds last year. And now that he's joining us, you can easily bump them up a post in, in the divisional standings, at least from, from fifth to fourth. I mean, hell, and potentially even third. So, you know, Wade Miley throwing a no-hitter last year, just being very consistent. I really love that. I think it's going to be great for this team, um, and I'm really excited to see how that is. Now you have your young guys, Adbert Alzali. You have, um, you know, Keegan Thompson. I mean, we're talking about Justin Steele. All these guys are young. Alec Mills, who's a veteran, um, I like Alec. Obviously, Alec's thrown a no-hitter as well, and that's part of my point is to where it's like just because you've thrown a no-hitter does not mean you are a long-term solution. Um, but it comes down to it to where it's the situation of understanding Alec can eat one to four innings if Steele's having a slow day, if Adbert's having a slow day, if Keegan's having a slow day. Adbert can be that guy in the bullpen that we desperately need. Because right now, being completely honest with you, Cody Hoyer is the only guy in that bullpen that I truly trust right now. And we got him from the White Sox. Thanks, Harry. Um, <laughs> it, it's definitely something, though, that I look at and I have to understand, you know, what we're trying to do right now is, is revamp this team. And I feel like the starting rotation is 10 times better, 10 times better than what it was last year. Um, these guys are actually guys I believe in, not like Hamels, not like Lackey, not like the other Hamels. Um, these guys are legitimate, and I'm really interested to see how that continues to develop. Um, really quick, though, you know, we're going to move on to our next topic of the day. Before we get into the NBA trade deadline, let's talk about Schloot. Courtney Vandersloot is returning to the Chicago Sky on a one-year deal, and that means fucking everything to me. Because if Courtney's back, that means her wife, who is also on the team, the Chicago Sky, and is a free agent, Allie Quigley, the three-point specialist herself, will most likely be returning as well. 
Um, I can't speak that to be true. I just assume why would why would you leave? You know what I mean? You have a family here. You built everything here. She's been here since 2011, 2012. Um, I don't see why she would want to leave. Um, you know, unless it's a, unless it's a great deal. So I'm really excited about Vandersloot returning on that one year deal. Kalia Copper is back as well. As we said already, Stephanie Dolson is a New York Liberty now. She has left the Chicago Sky. Um, Diamond DeShields and Allie Quigley are really the only ones remaining to where we have no idea where they're going to go. And I will pull up that really quickly. Um, it, it, it comes down to it at the end of the day. If, if, you know, we have to give up one of them, I'm giving up Diamond. I love Diamond, um, but it's just the injuries and just the developing. Um, it, 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 it just, it just doesn't do it for me. How am I going to say this? I want to say this without hurting anybody's feelings. It, it comes down to it at the end of the day that, you know, I'm looking at her stats and everything right now. Um, Diamond is just, is just injury prone. It's just, it's just, she was an all-star. Everybody loved it. And that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, we need her to be available. The best ability is availability. And right now, it, it, it's like in the WNBA finals and in the playoffs as a whole, it's like not that you didn't notice her, but her presence just wasn't felt. Um, so if it comes down to Quigley or, or Diamond, I'm definitely paying uh, I'm definitely playing Quigley. That's that's we're just gonna touch on that really quickly. Uh, I know we got a big, big day and and the WNBA free agency is far from over. So we're gonna tap into that another day. But the NBA trade deadline has come and gone again. Obviously, there were so many moves that were made. Portland, what the fuck? What the fuck? That was horrendous, horrible. We're not even gonna get into that. Um, it, it comes down to it at the end of the day that it's like, why are we even having these conversations? Why are we even sitting here and saying, wow, Portland, like, we're proud of you. You got rid of CJ. You got rid of, um, you know, everybody else that, that, that benefited you for Joe Ingles, who's 34 years old and has a torn ACL right now and a recent torn ACL and, and just Eric Bledsoe and a bunch of other, like, Dude, you traded Powell, Covington, and, and McCollum, everybody, everybody. The only ones left are Nurkic and, and Dame, and, and that's and Simmons, obviously. But, you know, from the core, it, it's just like I feel so bad for Damian Lillard right now. I feel so bad. Um, it, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me to think that he's just going to continue to have these conversations about, you know, wanting to be here, wanting to make it through the mud, wanting to win with a championship team like Giannis or like others who have, you know, really just – made it through even Jordan, you know, the early years with Jordan and the Bulls, um, it, it, they weren't pretty. So you, you have to look at it and, and, you know, respect that. But here's how I look at it. And it's the reality of the situation. Say you got a girlfriend, say you got a boyfriend. I don't fucking judge you. Um, it, it comes down to it though. You were supposed to be loyal to that person, but you can only be so loyal to someone who's toxic. If, if that girl is toxic or that guy is toxic, you have every right to walk away to for something better. You deserve that as a person. And Damian Lillard deserves that as a not only a person, but as a player. He deserves that shit. I mean, we're, we're sitting here right now. We're talking about a guy the last 10 years has gotten zero fucking help. CJ McCollum is his best teammate ever. That's fucking ridiculous for a guy who's won rookie of the year, for the guy who's been in MVP conversations, for the guy that single-handedly sent OKC into a fucking rebuild and waved them goodbye. 
Dame time. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Dame myself. I met, it was the fucking craziest day. It was a WNBA player. She wasn't a Sky, so I, I, I forget her name. This was, man, this was probably 2020 with the All-Star game in March. And, and I was walking throughout the Harlem Irving Plaza in Chicago. Um, me and my boys, we were just going to go hoop. We were going to go play, you know, basketball. We were going to go work out at the gym. Whatever we were doing that day. Um, we were walking by the Foot Locker, and there's Pusha T, the rapper, and Damian Lillard. Just fucking chilling, just signing autographs. And we were like, fuck that. So I got a picture with Dame. We had a great conversation. He's a great individual. Um, talked to Pusha too. A little weird, a little awkward, but it's a conversation for a different day. But it, it comes down to it to where it's like Dame gives back to the community. Dame is the coolest dude. Dame is just his own worst enemy. If I was Damian Lillard, I'd be fucking out of there. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. As an athlete, as someone who's played, um, you know, obviously only to up to the high school level, but it, it comes down to it to where you have to you have to understand if you got a fucking shot to win a championship, you fucking take it. The odds of someone winning a championship every year, there are 32 teams. There are 32 teams. Just just leaving the season healthy is a W in its own. You gotta be able to take these opportunities like Bron. And and, and I think, you know, we, we talk about LeBron James always team hopping and stuff like that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't knock Bron for that. I knock Bron for other things, but I will not knock Bron for joining up with with the Miami Heat. You know, Dame says he doesn't want to build into a super team, and Giannis was the same way. Um, I understand that, and I respect that. But here, let, let, let's be real. What the game is today is very different from what it was back in the day. Back in the day, it was a one and two combo, and then everybody else was just great role players, or everybody understood their role. We're gonna be real here and understand that the 2010 Boston Celtics. Paul Pierce, Rojan Rondo, uh, Kendrick Perkins, uh, Kevin Garnett. I mean, that was fucking nuts. That was nuts. You know what I mean? So to, for Damian Lillard, you know, to say, oh, I don't want to be like Bron. Now, that's paraphrasing. He obviously never said that. But what he's saying is he doesn't want to be like Kevin Durant, guys who joined super teams already. Um, you know, let, let's be real here. Let's be real. LeBron just did that to even the playing field, teaming up with Bosch and Wade. That's real. I don't know why I said Bosch first, but whatever. Um, It's something to where, you know, we have to understand that's just how the game is now. Dame needs to get on board with that. If Damian Lillard is in a Portland Trail Blazers jersey going into the 2022-2023 season, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. So free Dame, um, that is not the biggest trade of the day. The biggest trade of the day is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Fucking insane. Uh, also, honorable mention, though, we're not going to go through every single trade. We're gonna that, that can be its own episode for its own day, but we're running short on time. Uh, so we definitely will break that down next week because we don't have football to talk about. We can break down every single trade if you guys want, um, and we can definitely have those conversations. But with that being said, let's talk about it. James Harden and Paul Millsap. For Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick unprotected, and I believe a 2026 first-round pick protected. Um, So let's break that down. A lot of people think Brooklyn won this trade. Um, I think Philly did. I I truly do think Philly did. And obviously it all comes down to the health of Joel Embiid and the health of James Harden, which that's you're you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot when it comes down to that. Um, those guys staying healthy is like asking a fucking glass not to break when it's dropped off a of ten feet or more or or higher table. You know what I mean? That's it's it, it's a risky move. It really is. And please, for the love of God, 
stop sharing. This is just me talking to you guys right now. Please stop sharing the fucking, the post saying that this is the next Kobe and Shaq. Please stop. Please don't be disrespectful. And that's that's how false narratives like get created. That's how that's why people hate LeBron James is because people go, he's better than Mike, he's better than Kobe, he's better than this. Instead of just enjoying the game, just shut up, just enjoy it. Let them be their own person. Let them let them be remembered as Joel and James, not fucking the guys who compared themselves to fucking Kobe and Shaq. That is ridiculous. Please stop sharing that. And also, really quick. Because it's Mike's Hot Rants. It's a new segment we're going to start doing because it's all I've been doing is bitching today. Um, please stop sharing the tweet that says James Harden is better than Dwayne Wade all the time. I know it's been a while since Dwayne Wade's been in the league, a few years now, and it's been a while since he was in his prime. But let's not forget the past. Let's not live in the moment and act like Dwayne Wade wasn't a top three shooting guard of all time. I got it. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade. And then I would even put Allen Iverson before I fucking put James Harden. That's just ridiculous. We're, we're not even going to entertain that, but let's get back to the trade itself. The trade itself, it's a W for Philly. It really is. And I'm going to explain why. I was on Harry's show. If you haven't checked out Harry's show, Harry and Peter had an amazing show last night. If you are on 1252's website right now, I suggest you either pause this video and go to Harry's and watch that one. You can get my take, or you could finish this one out and go see Harry after. I suggest you do the second one because why you want to leave me? Um, but it, it's, it's, you know, a great show. It's a great show. And I loved every minute of it. Love those guys. They do great things. Um, you can check that out every Friday. Um, it, it's something though, to where we were, we were having this conversation and I made it clear. Ben Simmons was not a part of this trade, even though he was, he was not because the reality of the situation is what they gave up to get James Harden, who is a generational talent and a good veteran in Paul Millsap. Now, personally, I would have wanted Patty Mills because he's getting 13 buckets, but we're going to continue getting into this a little bit later. But I think if you got Patty Mills, they were going to ask for either Thibel or Maxi, and Philly obviously didn't want to do that because they are two young, amazing ball handlers. Um, like, I'm talking, these guys are studs. Uh, so with that being said, you know, it's it's definitely understandable to why they settled for Millsap to get the job done. But Seth Curry, who is the third best Curry in the NBA, you got, you know, um, Steph, obviously number one, Hall of Famer, changed the league, you know, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Fuck it, the greatest shooter of all time. Then you got Steph's dad. Then you got Seth Curry. That's that's just being real. That's just being real. Um, Seth Curry, and it's no disrespect, but Seth Curry is not equivalent to his brother or or to his father. Um, so a 31-year-old Seth Curry. And then you have Andre Drummond, who's become a journeyman. And obviously, you know, he has his moments where he can succeed. Um, but it comes down to it at the end of the day to where he's not who he once was. And I think, you know, when you really look at it, you gave up Seth Curry a first-round pick, two first-round picks, um, and Andre Drummond for James fucking Harden and Paul Millsap. That's a fucking steal. That's a fucking steal. So, really, Ben Simmons wasn't going to play for you no matter what. Ben was already out the door before the fucking season even started. He didn't play a single game for you. So Brooklyn got a W in, in you know, obviously getting Ben Simmons. And I think it's a perfect fit uh, because, you know, even though Kyrie's part-time, you have Seth there. You have Joe Harris potentially coming back from the ankle injury. You have a bunch of guys, Patty Mills, Kevin Durant will be returning soon. Kyrie's part-time at any point in time. Get that, get that vaccine. 
Kyrie's full-time. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, but it, it definitely comes down to it to where I believe in my heart of hearts um, that Ben Simmons is going to flourish. And honestly, honestly, I've seen the guy knock down threes in practice at ease like that, like lights out. He, his shooting form is great. You know, he's knocking them down in practice. He just didn't take the shots in Philly. And to spite them, you might, and I, this is a big might, but you might see him start hitting threes in, in Brooklyn just because out of spite. You know what I mean? Just just to prove a point. Like, hey, I can do that, by the way. I just didn't want to do that for you. That's just the situation. That's how I look at it. Uh, so it's a great trade all around. Um, and again, tune in next week, next Saturday at 7 p.m. Central. We are going to break down every single um, you know trade deadline move and everything going on with that. Um, real quick, though, we, we are going to cover it. I know we're short on time. We're going to be going over a little bit today, so please bear with me. Um, but something I, I just wanted to touch on, something I wanted to have a conversation about is the Chicago Bulls not making a single move. I love it. I love it. You understand, and they and they kind of announced this, they alluded to it, that if all goes well with the rehabs, it, it, they are going to most likely have Alex Caruso, Kobe, uh, not Kobe, um, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, and Derek Jones Jr. all returning mid-March. Right now, we are the number three seed. We just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, blew them out. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan went like this to Pat, Pat Beverly, called him a little-ass boy, and walked off. We just beat LaMelo Ball. We just beat a bunch of guys. We're beating guys. We're still winning. Right now, the only thing I need the Chicago Bulls to do, and this is just my personal opinion, buy out Robin Lopez of Orlando. Bring back Rolo. Bring him back. We can have a conversation about it. I think it's going to be great. Um, You know, at the end of the day, I'm really thinking – how do we get better? How do we make a deep run in the playoffs? Now, look at Orlando. Obviously, Robin Lopez doesn't want to fucking be there. Number one, it's Orlando. They're the worst team in the fucking league. Um, other than Wagner, and that's that's the, the solid player, Wagner, not his brother. Um, you know, they, they really don't have anything going on. Cole, Cole Anthony isn't really translating to what he was at UNC. You know, Mo Bamba isn't living up to fucking anything Mo Bamba was. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., come on, bro. We already know about Wendell Carter Jr. Bulls fans know about Wendell Carter Jr. Um, and now they traded for Bull Bull. You have three centers on top of Robin Lopez. So I think the Bulls buy out Robin. Have him return with the Chicago Bulls. I know Benny the Bull is going to be fucking excited because those two have an amazing time together. Um, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're going into it, going into mid-March, going into April, going into the playoffs. You're starting five. Obviously, Billy Donovan running the show. Then you got Arturis behind the scenes. You're starting five. Lonzo Ball at the one. Zach Levine at the two. Patrick, Will- or no, pardon me. DeMar DeRozan at the three. Patrick Williams at the four. Then you have Nikola Vucevic at the five, who I've been very critical of. But the second half of this half, he's averaged a double-double. He's amazing. He's been great. And I've been very critical of Vuce, but he has really stepped up. Um, you know, you're going to go into the bench now. Bench mobbers of the night. I mean, hell. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation here, ladies and gentlemen. You're talking Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Ayo DeSumo, Javante Green is back on the bench then, who just scored 23 points last night. Then you have Robin Lopez, you know, Derek Jones Jr., Tony Bradley. I mean, we, we would be killing it. We would be amazing. But on every cylinder, I think we would have the deepest roster in the East. 
the deepest roster in the East without question. Uh, so Robin Lopez is my big target right now. I've heard Ennis Cantor. I've heard Paul Millsap, Patty Mills, others. You know, yeah, I've heard, fuck it, I've heard bring back Joaquin Noah. That's not happening. Um, it, it's just, to me, Robin Lopez is the most realistic, uh, you know, guy to bring back. And, I, and I'm really excited to see if we could potentially do that. But before we get out of here, let's talk about Super Bowl 56. Now, this week I had the pleasure of having Super Bowl media credentials, and I spoke with, uh, you know, a few coordinators and a few coaches on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals staff. Sunday night after the game, I will be hopefully talking to guys like Matthew Stafford um, and others if I can get a question into the room. But I've been speaking to a lot of guys. Um, it was an honor. It was a privilege. It was amazing. Um, and to be doing this is just is just truly a blessing. So, I first of all, I just want to say shout out to all my guys that hooked me up with that. Um, you guys, you know, I couldn't be doing this without you. And, and you're helping me live off the dream. Um, and hopefully I can continue to do this with not only 1252, but with everybody on this panel. Um, but with that being said, like, let's get into it. Let's talk about it really quick. We got four minutes before we got to get out of here. Um, it comes down to it to me when I look at this game. We're going to talk about X factors first. Now, I've heard, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, Tyler Higby is ruled out. That is fucking huge. And I've spoken to Fat Mike about this. I've spoken to Harry and, and Charnow and so many others. The big thing to me about this defense, and I spoke to the D.C. Lou, Coach Lou. Uh, I spoke with him Wednesday, and I asked him about it. And I was like, you know, one thing about him is he's always preached just making adjustments and staying calm and just getting into a routine, not backing down, not getting into a corner. And what I said was, you know, you bring in guys like Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, a bunch of other free agent veterans that have had playoff experience. Is that what really helped you when you went into KC? He told me straight off the whip, uh, straight off the rip, pardon me. You know, we walked in that room at half down three to 21 or three to 24, whatever the score was against Kansas city. And not one person had their head down. Everybody was uplifted. And when you have such a young core, like they do like Bates and so on and so forth on that defense, when you have these veteran guys come in, it's huge. It's huge. Let me tell you, bringing in guys, and Bears fans understand, when you bring in a Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, it fuck, Prince of Mukamura even, it, it means everything. It fucking means everything. It truly does. Um, because it, it's that thing where, all right, we're standing, we're, the guy next to me is acting like we're up 23 to 3. So I'm going to act like that because, you know, we know what we do. And when we're going to stay resilient, we're going to make adjustments. We're going to be willing to understand that, okay, that fucking sucked, but we're going to get better. I think this is where you're going to see the Cincinnati's defense look a hell of a lot better. And a big part of that, you know, look at this. Everyone's talking about, oh, well, they play Jefferson. They play um, Odell, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Higby. All right. Well, let's look at the other side of things. Who do they play every single day in practice? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Boyd, Ozuma. I, I mean, Joe Mixon, they do that every day in practice. A big three plays against a big three every day, and I think that's the best moment about it. Um, that was the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky is where I hoped, you know, having to play that defense every day in practice would hopefully one day make him, you know, be better. Um, yeah, that didn't work too well. Um, but – you know, you can always hope. You can always hope. Um, but it's it's to me at the end of the day, I think the X factors in this game, I think Cam Akers is going to be a big part of it. I truly do. Um, Cam Akers, to me, is is going to be a huge focal point into what makes this defense, you know, blow up. And, and that's just the real re reality of the situation. I noticed they had a hard time stopping the run against a couple other opponents so far, uh, whether that be Arizona or whether that be uh, – 
Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it's just the reality of the situation is I just feel like when you have all those bodies out there, like Odell, like Cup, like Higby, like uh, Jefferson and so many others. I mean, imagine if Robert Woods was out there. Um, but it comes down to it to where I got the Rams in this game. I truly do. I love Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase won me a fantasy football championship. So love you forever, Jamar. 55 points in the championship game, followed by, you know, a week prior with Jalen Waddle giving me like 30, 40. I mean, it, it was just, I was a seven and seven team entering the wild card and they took me all the way to the bowl and they didn't disappoint and I'll forever be grateful. Um, but I love Matt. I've always loved Matthew Stafford, man. It, it, he was my, my very first Bears game, regular season Bears game, um, was with my pops, Guy Rez's soul. It's uh, we, it was Josh McCown in 2013 versus Matthew Stafford, and then I was also at the game. Uh, you know, it was Matt Forte's final game as a Chicago Bear. It was Calvin Johnson's final game ever. Megatron retired right after, um, and, and Matthew Stafford was also there. So I've been rooting for Matt for a very long time. Um, I love Matt. I love his wife. I love his family. They're great individuals and you can't say a single bad thing about any of them if we're being completely honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited about it. And I'm hoping, you know, going in the next week, I can share some of those interviews that I had throughout the week. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely stay tuned for that one. Um, it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. It's going to be so much fun, but you know, again, I think it can go either way. Joe Burrow is showing to the world right now why he is the way he is and who he is. Um, you know, everyone kind of doubting him and kind of being that, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure, you know, what's really going to happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think this guy's writing his own story to say he's the next Tom Brady, to say he's the next Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a little out of pocket. Like I said earlier, don't compare Joel Embiid and James Harden to Kobe and Shaq. Allow them to be them. Let them write their own story. You know what I mean? Like that's Joe Burrow. Oh, he's the next. He's the next Mahomes. Just let him be him. Let him be the next Burrow. That's all we got to do. But I hope you guys have a safe and happy weekend. Um, you know, kick it off. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Don't do none of the stupid shit. I mean, you know, the world's hard enough as it is nowadays. Um, it, it, don't make it harder for yourself and for others. So just be safe. Be responsible. Um, remember. COVID's still a thing, so don't go going crazy after your favorite team wins. Um, but it's definitely going to be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping you guys have an amazing and happy weekend. So this is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Again, I want to thank my sponsors for this video, being Benchmob Chicago. Definitely check out Benchmob Chicago on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on their website, Benchmob Chicago Gear. I'll be rocking it next week. They send me care packages all the time, sponsored by, you know, you got Ayo Desumu, Javante Green, and many others of the Chicago Bulls rep it. They do things like Benchmobber of the Night on social media where they pick the best Bulls player of the bench that night. Normally it's Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Ayo Desumu. But lately it's been a little fucking crazy with all these injuries. So you might get surprised. They do box scores, injuries, everything you could think of, they cover it. With that being said, Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. You can catch me at 1252 Sports Entertainment every Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Thank you guys for watching. This is Mike Hughes. Peace. Finds Rose.
Bulls trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! DeRozan to win it! Go! DeMar DeRozan delivers! Anderson hits it in the air to right! Back at the wall! 